I have no sympathy for Brett whatsoever. None. I have no sympathy for someone not doing the right thing for the business that made him. Not doing the right thing for the fans and the performers and the organization who helped make him what he is today. Brett made a very, very selfish decision. Brett's going to have to live with that for the rest of his life. Brett screwed Brett. I have no sympathy whatsoever for Brett. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Movies with Wrestlers. Uh, this week I'm talking with my main squeeze, my wife, Kimberly Tootin. Uh, we're talking about probably my favorite wrestling documentary that's been made, uh, Hitman Heart, Wrestling with Shadows. What a great title. I mean, seriously. Um, basically, it, it chronicles the year leading up to the infamous Montreal Screwjob, which is a pretty significant event in, in professional wrestling history. And we'll get into what, what, it, what it is. If you don't know what the Montreal Screwjob is, we'll get into that in the episode. But uh, this one's fun. And some of the uh, just some of the stuff in this movie is just weird and, and cool. So, uh, so uh, let's, let's get into it. Wrestling with Shadows with my wife, Kimberly Tootin. So what's up, babo? Uh, you know, just chilling. Just chilling. We talking wrestling with shadows. Oh yeah, yep. Did another documentary. It was pretty sweet. Did you like it? What did you think? I thought it was really like. Of course, I'm already interested in documentaries and stuff like that, and so I was. Re- I liked it. Yeah, I liked it too. This is actually my favorite um, wrestling documentary there is. A lot of people like Beyond the Mat. I haven't, uh. I don't think I've seen that yet. I don't know that I've actually seen all of it. I've seen bits and pieces, but, uh. Maybe we'll do that one next. We should. Because yeah. I don't think I've seen a whole lot of it. I've seen this one before. This, this documentary actually might have gotten me back into wrestling after my, my hiatus that I took. Cause I, I, I took a little while off, like a couple of years off from watching wrestling. What? And then I saw this one pop up on Netflix and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I watched it and it's, it, goes deep like behind the scenes yeah like brett hart had a totally different mindset than vince did yeah and it was crazy to see that side because i've never seen that side of vince yeah i mean like it's weird when you uh get to like the real behind the scenes stuff because he only shows his uh his like on-air persona that's all you really see of vince but when when it gets personal like it does in this yeah I guess I should explain. This documentary follows uh, <laughs> Bret Hart in the year leading up to what's known as the Montreal Screwdrop or Montreal yep. Screwdrop. I Montreal. was just talking to you about this. I'm so like, interested <laughs> in the way people say the the place that they're from. Yeah, like, like Montreal versus Montreal. You had to tell me that like four times because... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're saying the same thing. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's pretty close. I say Montreal because I'm used to saying Montana. Mm-hmm. They say Montreal. It sounds more French, I guess. Yeah. It's a, well, it's Quebec. a French Canadian. Yeah, that's like the more French Canadian part of the the country, I guess. But uh, yeah, 
it's just like people in from Montreal Boise or Montana. How do you say Boise? Boise. People from Boise say Boise. 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 Or like Mexico versus Mexico. <laughs> yeah. I think that has to do with the X, the sound the X makes, because there's, that's a whole other language. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Um, <laughs> it starts, <clears throat> and the Montreal screw job, if you don't know, is, is, up. is messed up, yes. And uh, I'll ask you later what you think about it, like what side you're on. I'm mm-hmm. sure I know already, but. uh, It's pretty strong. Yeah. You can probably feel the vibes right now. <laughs> yeah. But essentially what it is, is um, the Monday Night War is happening between Ted Turner's WCW and Vince McMahon's WWF, in which Bret Hart wrestles after Vince bought Calgary Stampede Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Not Calgary. Maybe, uh, I think it was just Stampede Wrestling <laughs> that Stu Hart owned his promotion. Got absorbed by WWF. Bret Hart became a huge star in the WWF. Now the WWE. Uh, but um, that, he was like the number one good guy. He was. He was the, oh, uh, yeah, he was the, the baby face, the, the mm-hmm. star baby face. And the, the title holder at the time. Um, and Vince is losing the ratings war and doesn't, the, the, the entire tone of the company is changing. This is the start of what's known as the attitude era in WWF, which mm-hmm. is where things get a lot raunchier, changes from TV PG to TV 14. Yeah. So it's appealing to an older audience more rather than kids and. And their whole like mindset just shifts kind of. Yeah. They don't, they don't tell the story of. The plain vanilla cookie cutter story of the good guy versus the bad guy. They expand into uh, the gray areas, and and it gets a little more outlandish from there. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like some some crazy storylines happen. But <clears throat> Bret Hart is very much a product of the previous era and doesn't necessarily feel comfortable with the change. Long story short, he ends up leaving the company um, because of his point of view. Because that and and Vince basically straight straight up tells him, I don't know what to do with your character. Like, mm-hmm. what would you do with your character? Because I don't know what to do with your character or the direction we're going. Because Bret Hart, like we said, is very much the the hero, good guy, almost Hulk Hogan type character mm-hmm. that can do no wrong type of. But uh, <clears throat> oh, I'll I'll speak a little bit more of my mind later on. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, what it comes down to is a Survivor Series of 1997. Um, Vince wants, because Brett is leaving the company, wants Brett to drop his title to Shawn Michaels. The only problem is Survivor Series is in Montreal mm-hmm. in 1997, and Brett doesn't want to lose the title in his hometown, which is understandable. And with as much work and time and effort he's, he's committed 14 to years. a long time, and he's made Vince McMahon a lot of money, it's a reasonable request to not drop the title in your hometown, wait until they're in Toronto the next day and, and drop forfeit. the title on Raw. Yeah. Forfeit the belt, lose it, whatever. He said he didn't care. He just didn't want to lose the title in Montreal. Like his hometown, you know, like that's where his super strong fan base is from. Especially at the and time. they're like prideful. Especially you know? at the time because... Because he is a true hero, not only in his character, but like in real life. He is... He does stand for what he believes, and I will give him that. But at the time, his story was unique. I don't know if there's been any other... There probably has, but he is one of the few 
that has been able to be a complete heel in America and a baby face in every other country. The only place he's a heel is in America. Mm-hmm. And it's because the American fans essentially turned on him. And that was his both real life and storyline reaction was to start shit talking America. Yeah, and being <laughs> like, well, goes, screw you guys. Because, I mean, you turned on me in a split second, you know? Exactly. Like, screw you guys. But when he goes to Canada or, or England or, or wherever... He's still a baby face, yep. which is crazy. Anyway, what ends well, up happening? It, it, it's because of his standpoint. Well, it's true. We'll it's because it. of his. It's his unyielding commitment to what he to believes his country in. and his what he believes in. Yes, he's a very. But Americans are Americans. He's a very determined person. I will give him that. Um, <clears throat> so they agree that. He won't lose the title in Montreal. And what ends up happening is they start the match. They decide on the ending being a big schmoz, as he puts it. You know, big schmoz, whatever. He ends it in a big schmoz. And uh, that's not how it actually ends. No, he, like, legit got screwed over in the mat. Yeah. Like... He, we'll, we'll get into it, but... Well, basically what happens is Vince Shawn McMahon. Michaels, he was supposed... Shawn Michaels puts the sharpshooter on him, and Brett was supposed to reverse it, and then there's supposed to be a run-in. And DQ, he was in the move of reversing it. And he was starting to reverse it, and without... Ta- you can tell he doesn't tap out. You can tell he doesn't give up. The ref calls it as a submission and gives the belt to Michaels. And that's the Montreal Screwjob. Mm-hmm. This is basically the entire year leading up to the Montreal Screwjob. <laughs> and he puts it in his own words. He said, uh, doing that, dropping the title in Montreal, Hitman Hart might as well be blowing his brains out. That's what he equated it to. Yeah. He's taking the character and blowing his brains out. I talked to Vince, and he goes, you have to lose to Sean in Montreal. I can't do that. I can't. I can't do it. I can't. I described to Vince, I just assume blow my brains out would be the same, about the same, what you're asking me to do. And from a character standpoint, that's what I would be doing. I would be taking Brett the Hitman Hart, would blow his, uh, would blow his brains out. Which is a little dramatic. Well, I mean, are you talking about this last conversation where he was like, I'd much rather be raped in the middle of the ring that's what he said no that's he, he didn't he didn't say he'd much rather he said that's what was happening to him mm-hmm. he basically said that him doing that he's like well basically they want to just take me out and rape me in the riddle of the ring that's what he was equating yeah. it to was being his raped. brains blown out like this guy is that's, going nuts th- right that's now. how that just shows how in character these guys get and how serious they were back then about mm-hmm. their characters it was them and, I mean, you can also see, like, if you compare, this is kind of off topic, but if you compare WWE from today compared to back then, like, their whole setup coming into the ring, it's, like, a lot more dramatic and bigger. Oh, yeah. Like, way more like they, emphasis on the entrances, for mm-hmm. sure. Like, the pyro that they have now, I, like compared to back then is it's wild yeah um it's still crazy to see him live 
like we did in Billings yeah. on Saturday. <laughs> that was pretty dope. That was pretty dope. Unfortunately, Bret Hart wasn't there. No. Nah. I think Connor actually got to see Bret Hart. Um, like, actually, the second time I went to Georgia, he went to a wrestling show with uh, his mom, I think, in Great Falls. And I think Mick Foley was there. Bret Hart might have been there. I don't know. I have to ask him. Ooh. Anyway, that'd be cool. I, I would meet Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, of course, <laughs> led to the famous uh, Bret Screwed Bret speech from Vince McMahon that they played where he's like, I have no sympathy whatsoever for Bret. Mm-hmm. Bret basically screwed Bret over. Yeah, and he was like, this is the unfortunate thing that happens when uh, one person forgets that we're in the sports entertainment business. It's just like... yeah. Vince. I mean, he's he's real jerk off Vince back is a, then. No, like, he still is. Vince is a slimy fucking <laughs> dude. He and still he, is. He blames it because like that's the way economy is now. Like that's the uh, way TV it, is now. You know, like yeah. And he's a businessman. He's just exactly. at the end of the day, he's, he's a businessman, and he's a, obviously a very good one because mm-hmm. he's made a lot of money and his his product is very successful. But he's but had he's, some questionable. Oh, he's questionable. a slimy, slimy dude. He's such a slime ball. Oh. And arguably, I don't know. I, there's a lot of conspiracies out there. There's a no. I will fuck Vince, dude. There's a lot of conspiracies out there that he killed Owen Hart. <coughs> I don't what? know because Owen Hart, Brett's brother, died in in the ring not in the ring he died during his entrance because he was coming in through the rafters on like a a wire yeah and he fell like the wire snapped or something went wrong and he fell up i don't know how far but into the ring Holy and ended up getting so injured that he he died from it during a pay-per-view oh that's so scary yeah Ugh. um that was after after i think the uh the screw job and everything mm-hmm but he has a thing for hearts, dude. He does not a fan of the hearts ever since the breath. I can't believe. I wonder what it was, what the environment was like for a heart after the screw job happened. You know, because mm-hmm. there's, I don't know. Or I mean, even even leading up to that, I could see the awkwardness. Oh in, yeah, totally. Like right before the match, and like even a couple days before the match. Yeah, and there's even, a lot of like like unspoken. Yeah, Silence. and there's that scene in the uh, when they're in the limo where he's talking about uh, what they had said about Stu. I can't remember exactly what it was, but let me look at my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you write it down? Oh. It was something that somebody had said about Stu, which is uh, the heart dad. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into Stu a little later. Oh, poor Stu! I have some things to say. <laughs> the man whose spine is is a question mark, and he's just staring off into space most of the time. If you he ever is old, his brain is like, so uh... old. and it like just the way he's like, it's like the only thing he can focus on is like explaining how to just murder somebody in a submission. Yeah, hold. Oh my god, <laughs> the, the part where they actually showed. Um, like him two, in his house. Those two younger wrestlers and that came over. Literally, like, all right, this is how I'm gonna break your neck. This yeah. is how I'm gonna like <laughs> twist your shoulder out. And he wasn't even like <laughs> telling them how to do it. He was just putting the moves on them and being like, "Yeah, see how I is 
His see, eyes are starting to turn red and the, the blood the vessels temple. are starting to pop and you see this vein right here starting to come out. <laughs> it's just explaining. As, as it's happening to this poor, like, 22-year-old with this 80-year-old this guy on top of him. He's just, yeah, he's just twisting this dude up. And just, <laughs> In a pretzel, dude. Yeah, he's making pretzel. pretzels out of dudes. And he's just like, I don't know, see how the temple is starting to pulsate. And he's just, like, showing them what's happening to them and, as it's happening. <laughs> and poking him. Like, he's yeah, legit like pointing it out. Yeah, like, his, like, belly and shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What about the dude that, uh. <laughs> oh, God. This is a little later, but this what about. This documentary. It's full of stuff. It's yeah, full of it weird surprises. little things. But, like, the dude later on that's explaining how Stu would go to the local gyms and, uh, find, like, eager young guys that are like, oh, Stu, I'm gonna grab, I'm gonna yeah. <laughs> get that stomper. Like, I'm, I'm gonna get that old yeah. piece or something like that. And this dude is talking about it and he's just like getting so worked up while he's talking about Stu getting worked up. Like he's rubbing his hands and licking his lips. And the he's just whole like, time he's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm and he has gonna. to, he has to take a second and like kind of calm himself down at the end of it. He got so worked up about it. He'd find guys at the Y to come up to the house to work out with him in the gym. And he just loved it when guys say, oh, I want to get in the race. Stu, I'm going to kill that stomper. I'll I'll tear him limb from limb. And I'd say, yeah, that, that sounds great, Tiger. Yeah, maybe you could uh, come up to the gym and uh, I'll give you a few pointers. And maybe you could even show me a thing or two. And he'd uh, rub his hands together. And he'd just, he'd almost start salivating at the idea of this uh, eager young guy yeah that was like he was he's getting excited about <laughs> saying it you know like it he felt was. good <laughs> you could tell he was getting a little out of breath he was like hey, and you know can't wait to beat that dude old dude up <laughs> <laughs> i'll put it in um oh god Getting back to the beginning, they uh they do like the the classic show you the result and then do a flashback to a year beforehand, and uh, it shows one thing that it shows is Brett like flubbing lines while he's trying to record a promo. It shows him like messing oh. up and like having to restart mm -hmm. over and over. And this is more than one video. Yeah, yeah, which it just shows that a lot of those guys aren't like perfect and can just off their like, off their dome spit um, a really good promo. Yeah, practice makes perfect, you know. It's not always perfect, but you can always practice to get better and better at it. Yeah, exactly. Um, then they showed Goldust being silly backstage. Yeah. <laughs> to see Goldust without all the gold dust, like you're the like, makeup what? and stuff. He's just like a big hillbilly. <laughs> mm -hmm. His other personality is like so. Like polar opposite? Yep. <laughs> Um, that's awesome like some of the most of these wrestlers if you were to see like on the other side of their lives i know like, i mean it, like, it's just so cool to get to know him he know? was talking about uh vader rest in peace he died earlier this year mm -hmm. um he's, he's like talking about vader talking about how he's a big baby and he's easy it's easy to hurt his feelings then they just show a clip of him being just like all in his like gimmick, yeah, like, like vader time <laughs> <laughs> and then it shows when they like talk to him randomly and they i don't know why they put it in but they just have him talking about all of his businesses <laughs> vader <laughs> he's a big baby you know you can hurt his feelings really easily cut the music it's time it's time it's 
Yeah, I have a degree in business, and I'm also a licensed real estate broker, and I'm currently developing a, a about a, a hundred thousand square foot shopping center. Oh my God! Yeah, he's like, I'm a I'm a business broker, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he's like, I'm a licensed <laughs> real estate broker, and I'm about to open a shopping mall. Yeah, like he had he was. He was a businessman, dude. He's like a damn straight up, like man. tie shirt outfit. As he's getting like, yeah, he's just taking his tie off and like putting on his wrestling suit. Yeah, <laughs> for real though. <laughs> uh, we find out Brett does not like Shawn Michaels. No, he points him out to be cocky, cocky and arrogant, and arrogant and like just a bad a guy, boy. a heel. Yeah, which he was. I'm sure Shawn Michaels was, like, awful. Shawn Michaels and Triple H, all of those, like, click, the click. I'm sure yeah. they were all awful to be around. Mm-hmm. If you weren't in the click. Yeah. If you weren't in the click, you weren't cool. This takes me back to high school. <laughs> I mean, really. Um, Stu's story is hardcore, though. Yeah, I mean, his like. Backstory? So what I thought was really cool um that the first wrestling group sheeters like in the 1930s where like wrestling actually really started to get you know it was still brutal it was still like breaking jaws and like yeah breaking bones it wasn't quite as uh safe like it is now like Mm -hmm. Because Hart goes on later on to explain how the real art of it is uh, being able to do it and do it safely. My personal philosophy on wrestling is that the real art of professional wrestling is to do it like full bot, you know, full contact and everything. To do it, you should never get hurt. If you ever get hurt, it's because somebody did something wrong. And you should never hurt anybody else. Like, I can do wrestling. I've been wrestling 20 years. I've never hurt anybody. I mean, it's been full contact and very physical. But when you come back to the dressing room after, you should be able to put your boots on and go home. And, you know, like you had a long day, but you, you know, no more than a, than a football player or anybody else. But to, to purposely or intentionally hurt yourself or hurt someone else is like, there's no art in that. And do it safely. Yep. Yeah. And he explained wrestling as being an art rather than just a sports entertainment. Yeah. Which is absolutely true. And if I thought you, it was really cool that he pointed that out, you know? Yeah. And like, I never realized that until we saw it live, how much really goes into them performing like that, yeah. you know, every night. Mm-hmm. Or like, every other this, night and traveling. Yeah. And they have to travel and yeah, I can't imagine. It'd be... An insane life to live. Yeah. Always Um, on the go. Like, that is for an adventurous spirit. (laughs) You know? He just, he puts it so well, though. And committed. I mean, that's also a huge part of it, too. Like, he was committed all the way through, and he wasn't going to give up. I think the reason I like Bret Hart so much is because I really prescribe to his methodology when it comes to... To the appreci- like appreciating wrestling as an art, mm-hmm. as an art form. And, uh. I agree. I think that's, that's part of why I like him so much. And he's just so, he embodies that so much. Um. But if we go back to Stu's story, his <laughs> papa. Yeah. Dude, so he was hardcore. He, he was. was a hardcore dad. 
Yeah. I wouldn't know how to handle that. Yeah, because didn't he was like, wasn't he? Was he an orphan? Did I catch that, or mm-hmm. am I making that up? Yeah, he was like, yeah, in, like both of his parents abandoned him at six yeah. months or something like that. And he ended up, um, I think, living in some group home and got into the uh, what was what was the name of the group that it was Sheeters. Sheeters. Mm-hmm. I I wrote it down. Wrote it down. Yeah. Um, but it was just like, but it was like back a, alley. You yeah, know? back alley, like and they were known for being really violent and uh he just kept coming really back. Cool. Yeah. Cruel. And learned I guess some of the most brutal submission holds that there ever there ever were. Sharpshooter. Yeah. And I I didn't they say Brett came up with that? Like mm-hmm. that was a Brett creation was the that sharp Yeah, the because sharpshooter. like his he got it from his dad. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, Stu is uh Stu He's is a, a character. character. He is. I was just going to say that. He is a character. <laughs> um <laughs> so one of the weirdest scenes in this. There's a lot of weird things in this movie just like sort of I don't know how, just and, weird. Like just to put in perspective, this was made in the 1990s. Yeah, 97. So like there's a lot of like whoa like weird scenes that you wouldn't see in this documentaries was, this nowadays. was shot the year year you were born Kimba. you know i was gonna mention that earlier <laughs> but yeah that's right 21 years ago you were about six months old when the montreal screw job happened yep true enough yeah i was crazy. a youngin back then <laughs> a real youngin <laughs> straight out fresh out the womb fresh right. out the oven Oh my gosh. Alright, so side note, fresh out of the oven. This one dude one time, I had Athena with me. She was like six weeks old or whatever. Uh-huh. And he was like, ooh, she looks like a fresh one. <laughs> and I was like, what the <laughs> fuck, dude? Please step away from my child. So. <laughs> she looks like a fresh one. I... <laughs> anyway, oh. sorry. That sounds like a guy that wants to eat your baby. Dude, that guy's fucked. I will beat the shit out of him. (laughs) I don't think any... Mama bear's coming out. I'm in mama land right now. Don't let nobody eat your baby, Kimba. Ain't nobody eat my baby. Also, don't eat your own babies. We've heard a lot of... My brother's cat. Sword and scales. Sword and scale and my brother's cat. Anyway. uh, (laughs) (laughs) This was my favorite transition or scene or whatever you want to call it in the movie but it goes from wrestling to this dude in an electric chair going back and forth like he's being electrocuted <laughs> yeah and we find out that it is some weird fucked up statue that like is for in a Bre- halloween yeah like a like a intricate ass <laughs> halloween decoration yeah very realistic of a guy getting electrocuted like, in, in a haunted chair. house type yeah, Stop. would definitely be in a haunted house. It's in his home, and it, it like zooms out, and he's just <laughs> sitting next to it on the stairs, and he says something. In his like, home, he says something like, "Yeah, people like to have decorations in their home. I like having this." I, I, I and like it's totally this one. unrelated. I think they is random. <laughs> I think they just decided to put it in there because they're like, "Man, this is weird as shit." Right. We, yeah. we can't just let this not be seen by people. Hmm. <laughs> They knew what to do back in the 90s, man. Right. They knew it. Uh, shortly after this, we learned that WCW, d- uh, WCW, it's been a long, I've, I've, I've done a lot of podcasting today. <laughs> yeah. He's done it. So today's his day off. 
and he's already done two podcasts. I this have. one and the previous one. I have. It's a long one. It's a long day. Um, this is where we learned WCW has offered Brett a twenty-year contract. No, that was WWF. Okay. They offered WCW offered him nine million over three years. That's right. Which is three million a year, which is insane. WWF offered him what he said uh, was far less money for a twenty-year contract, um, and he's actually talking about leaning towards taking the WWF contract out of strict, strictly out of loyalty for Vince because yep. Vince has given him a job and has taken care of him for so long and has brought him up to this point. And that's the kind of guy that Bret Hart is. Hopefully you didn't hear that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they did. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a compressor on it so that they can hear it. Um, and he actually talks about it on uh, on some promos that he's done, that he did in the ring on Monday Night Raw, where he's like, it's a competitive market, and I've been offered some money, and you can yeah. like... And he says on WWF TV that he's going to decide... Yeah, that he's going to stay with Vince. And, and you can see Vince, like, sweating his decision ringside. He's just, like, he's like got like, this oh, look God. on his face, like, I don't know where he's going with this. And then he's like, happen. I've decided I'm, this is my home. And then he just, like, oh, all right. <laughs> like, yeah. starts getting happy. And that's literally what he sounded like. He was like, all right, all right. Said <laughs> it, like, five times. <laughs> yeah. Um. Do you remember yeah. the Do you remember the story in this where he talks about um, breaking his sternum? Oh God, yeah! And he, everybody like he it was in the middle of a match. Yeah, on you know television, so all of his fans were there, and everybody they thought that it was all part of the move. When in yeah. all reality, he had broken his yeah, sternum. Basically, and like he gets three knocked, ribs. Yeah, like he said, he broke all of his ribs. Yeah, he gets knocked off the ring um, and lands on the barricade that separates the fans from the the ring, mm-hmm. and he lands square on that, breaks his sternum and all of his ribs apparently, and then he just goes to the ground and starts clutching at his chest, and all the fans are like, he's like, I think the Get worst up. part of it. Because he couldn't talk, so the guy comes over to him to see if he's okay, and he doesn't say anything because he can't talk, and mm-hmm. so he just starts beating the shit out of him and like tries to get him Stomping in the ring. Stomping on his back, and he refuses. He like oh, he, he God, that starts. Must hurt. The, I know the dude goes in for a pin, and he kicks out just because he doesn't want to lose to the guy because he didn't like the guy. Mm-hmm. All because <laughs> he didn't like this freaking wrestler. Man. So instead of getting a loss and going to the back. He decides I'm to saying, kick hey, out, and then I he just broken, and then he just rolls out of the ring again. <laughs> and all the like, fans, no. he's like, the worst part of it was all the fans didn't know that I was actually hurt, and they just kept yelling, "Get up, you phony!" <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, Brett, Brett, Brett. Oh, what is? God, this guy's incredible. He is in in different ways, I'd say, in um, multiple ways. He. This is around the time where uh, the Attitude Era is kind of starting, and the only Vince wants to turn Brett heel. Yep. Um, so it was Vince's decision to make this good guy hero into a heel, into the bad guy, and Vince's idea. It seems. Is it just me, or does it seem like it's genuinely hard for Bret Hart to be the bad guy? 
Like it yeah. hurts him to do it. He does not want to be the bad guy. He doesn't guy. like it. He does it well. Bit. Like he's really good at trashing America. And <laughs> like his message is clear. It's you guys have no morals. You have no respect for the people that have, uh, have entertained you for years. And you're just mm-hmm. throw, you're casting me aside and in favor of guys like Shawn Michaels who are in like Playgirl magazine and, Mm-hmm. And are very risque and, and not family friendly. And he feels betrayed by his fans. I guess the wind. God, dude, it's so windy tonight. It is. <laughs> it's okay, Kim, but don't worry. But yeah. He like, I don't know, it's kind of just, disgusting to see him put his effort in because of vince mcmahon like wanting him to do something like that right and he's just and then that loyal vince be- being so slimy and like he would do that to somebody you yeah know? he's just taking like, advantage just of screw him, him completely. Over. totally with without a second second look he would do it yep well that just kind of shows you the uh kind of person vince mcmahon is you know ah. <laughs> Or maybe all of the McMahons, for all we know. Mm-hmm. But Canada still loves Brett. Oh, yeah. Canada's diehard, loyal fans. And, like, I am I would say Brett Hart did an amazing job being, like, the... The lookout guy, I forgot what it's called. The representative of Canada. And yeah. that's why he has such proud and loyal... Fans yeah. up there, you know, like all of the all of the heart he, foundation. He gives them too. pride and joy and yeah, something to look forward to, role model, all that good stuff. Yeah, he definitely uh, he got the short end of the stick, and it sucks mm-hmm. because he his career just kind of ended after that. Well, at the at the very end of the documentary, it said he went to WCW. He did, but uh. WCW only lasted another four years after that. Uh, and then Vince McMahon owned WCW. <laughs> he bought them in 2001. And that would have been close to 98. So it would have only been like three years that he was in WCW if he stayed that entire time, which I, I doubt he did. Wow. Beer break. But this is kind of where the uh we start to get into the meat and potatoes of the of the story. And <laughs> I wrote down a sad music workout scene and it's just uh you know that song they played at the end of the documentary was just like a sad sort of like um, drifting away. Yeah, song. female singer like piano type song. Mm-hmm. They play a similar song earlier on, and he's just like lifting weights, and it lasts for like <laughs> two minutes. I want to <laughs> say, yeah, and it's just him working out. I found a spider. Where? On the fridge. Oh my gosh! Did you get him? I did. Fuck, dude! What? I got him. Don't worry, he won't hurt you. I know, but like, where did he come from? He came from. Probably. I've gotten every inch of this house. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, Kimba. I don't know. (laughs) 
You know, spiders are small. They can they can sneak around. They can find hiding spots. <laughs> Just gonna have to try harder, I guess. Yep. Um. <laughs> Fuck Spider-Man. After the sad music workout scene, uh, we find out that Vince has decided that he does not want to offer uh, Brett the 20-year contract and wants out of the contract, essentially, and wants Brett to go to WCW and uh, get his offer from them back. And he says because the company is in uh, financial peril, Mm -hmm. is Vince's words. We find this out after Brett comes down stairs in a scene and starts uh, talking to his wife. He actually asked the camera guys to to stop oh, filming. Yeah. Which the only other the only other time he does that is at the end, right after the screw job happens. Mm-hmm. Um but that's that's where they're at now because he had decided to accept and stay with Vince, but Vince doesn't want him anymore. All of a sudden they're in financial peril. Like Yeah. How it's, does that happen? It's like, pretty that's shifty. Not legal. It's pretty shifty. I mean, uh, it's probably legal from some sort of loophole, but like, you can see the shadiness in that. Oh yeah. Um. And. and like this- I just feel bad for his family, dude. Like he's do he. God, he was so loyal. And then he gets really screwed over slowly, like this, a painful band-aid. It's a really sad story, honestly. So it's, some documentaries are, man. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, yeah. And it hits close to home with me, too, because Bret Hart's a good wrestler. Just all around, he's a good performer and a good wrestler. And it yep. sucks, because... He should probably be where Kurt Angle is right now, you know? He was for a while, I think. I think he was the general manager of Raw for like a hot minute mm-hmm. when he came back. Because it took him a while before he came back on WWE TV. They decided to, I think it had to do with the video game that was coming out. He like yeah. came back. They showed a lot of clips of the game. video game. Mm-hmm. There too. Oh yeah, the older one from yeah. the 90s. <laughs> like the like, Nintendo one. Yeah, probably Super Nintendo or Sega. They showed <laughs> They showed a couple scenes of him playing that with his son. And just getting like demolished. Also, it was it was good to see his relationship with his son. They're, like they're very close. He was like a a dad monkey. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was just like he would massage. <laughs> he would massage his son. He's just like, did that feel good? Car. Did that feel good when I gave you that massage earlier? And he was like, yeah. And he just starts doing it again. He just like throws his head down and just starts <laughs> massaging him like a papa monkey. <laughs> Like, just imagine this dude in the backseat with the sun, just and then like, all of a sudden, just like super muscular wrestler dude, legit, just like hands his son's head and just puts him down yeah, to just, start massaging him. Yeah, you're like almost for a second, you're like, oh, where's this going? And then he just starts <laughs> giving him a massage. It's just fatherly love like that, you know? Yeah, it was nice oh, to sweet. see. It was nice to see. <coughs> Excuse me. Kind of uh, reminded you, like. <laughs> This is a good documentary. <laughs> not, not totally a sad one. Well, everybody of, turned out okay in the end. A lot of what's interesting to me just comes as how of from basically from how Bret Hart acts as just like a human being. Yeah. Just like the way he acts and, and that's who his character is. Yeah. He's very you much know? uh the same as the hitman as he is outside of being the hitman. He's, he's they're able- one and the same. Yeah. 
sorry. No, you're good. Um, it's the night of Survivor Series, and they've decided that it's all going to end in a schmoz. Mm-hmm. And um, Brett talks to Earl Hebner, the rev- the referee, right? And Earl swears that nothing's not going to let happen. anything happen. He swears on like, his kids, on his kids. Like this is a man to man promise, you know. That never Those... happens anymore, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's not brotherhood nowadays. Nobody relies back then. on their word anymore. You know, it's not like a. There's never a "you have my word" scenario mm. that I can tell. But, I mean, you have age. my word, Babo. You have my word too, Babo. But there's just not a lot of people out no, there. No, you anymore. don't have a like. Squ- you swear on your kids that th- nothing's gonna happen tonight, brother. Brother. Ah, man. I wish I could experience that world for just a second. Yeah. For real, though. Like, for, t- can you imagine Hulk Hogan or Randy Savage walking up to you and being like, eh, have a good show tonight, brother. Yeah. <laughs> or let's give him hell tonight, brother. Dude, how good let's would that feel? Let's do this, brother. <sighs> Oof. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a pipe dream. Never happen. I was told earlier that I dress a lot like a '90s person, so I think I'd fit in really well. I can in see the that 80s. with your uh, with your outfit right now. I have a lot of outfits like this, but anyway, no sidetrack. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brett wears a wire going into uh, deciding what's going on with yeah, the match in the conversation one on one with this dude. Yeah, and you can hear Vince saying whatever you want. However you want it to go down, that's how it's going to go down. Like, right after, so, you pretend, I mean, I I guess you could play it, too, but it's like, Brett asks, he's like, so, I really don't want this to go down, because this is, you know, my hometown, where all my fans are. I'd much rather just uh, forfeit the title tomorrow in Toronto. And then Vince McMahon was like, well, I mean... I could see where you're coming from. Whatever you want. Yeah. he's He basically blows him off, essentially. Tells him what he wants to hear because he knows that after tonight, Brett's not going to be wrestling for him anymore. Mm-hmm. He's not going to have the title care. on him. He doesn't care if he fucks him over because he's not going to see him again. And he's not going to have to have that and solution Vince, to a problem yeah. type of character because the reason why Vince McMahon... The the reasoning behind what he has done to Bret Hart now is because, like, what would you do with your own character, Bret? And he's like, well, you screwed me over because you're the one who convinced me yeah. to become a heel and then to become a good guy. Yeah. And I think... Sorry, I, I think honest, he did, man. No, it's okay. It's, it, it's, a, it's a rough one to watch. It's hard to watch somebody get so screwed over. Such a nice guy. Yeah, especially when you get to know him. Um, I think Vince had washed his hands of Brett long before that. I think as soon as Vince had called him and asked him to get out of their contract, Vince was done with Brett and didn't give a shit about him. No matter how long he's wrestled for him or his dad, <coughs> he didn't care about Vince anymore. No, he because he had already made up his mind. Exactly. So they decide on the schmoz. Obviously, we know the schmoz doesn't happen. And Brett is pissed. Brett, like, he literally stands in the, like, on the ring for, 
I don't know. I'd want to say at least five minutes. Yeah, after his song just like ends. in disbelief. Just yeah. in disbelief. Like I can't believe this shit's actually happened. The first and- thing that happens after, because he puts him in the sharpshooter. Yeah. And then Brett goes to reverse it. He goes to grab it. And right in the middle of that. As soon as he grabs Sean and puts him down to the ground to reverse it, he hears Sean's music and he knows that they they fucked him over. Mm-hmm. He knows that they called a submission and that he lost his title yep. in his hometown, which wasn't supposed to happen. Because he had told Vince McMahon prior, like, right before this happened, right? Yeah. Like, right before the Literally match Literally right before the match. And Vince was like, yeah. Whatever I you mean, want. He said, whatever you want. And then I'm pretty sure Brett was saying that and I think he thought he heard Vince McMahon say, ring that bell. He did. Yeah, he heard yeah, yeah he heard somebody say, ring the bell, and he knew it was Vince. Um, I think that it's a good concession, too, on both, like a good compromise, because he's still losing the title in Canada. Which is still within his home turf. Within 24 hours, I would want to say. Yeah. W- yeah, within 24 hours, because it would have been on Raw, which yep. was the the next Monday, the the day after. Yeah, it's dumb. Vince screwed him over. And um, just because of, he's petty, he's slimy, he's a businessman. Yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. Loyalty and, and 20 years of loyal service means nothing, but... um. After that, Brett, this is a good scene in the mm-hmm. movie. It's it, towards the end. Brett's wife, uh, while Brett is talking to Vince, talking <laughs> <laughs> to Vince is just giving Triple H hell. Yeah, he's like, you know, what comes around goes around, yeah. you know. <laughs> and Triple H just standing there with his head down. He's just like, I didn't know nothing about it. I didn't I, know. I told you I didn't know anything about it. So did you guys all have me leaving this afternoon and decide the whole thing? Don't give me that shit. Because you guys knew it. I swear to God. You knew it from the very beginning. All of you. I swear to God, I knew nothing Yeah, well, swear this. to God all you want. Someday God is going to strike you down. I mean, yeah. I know well, you're upset, even, but... No, I am upset. I had nothing to do with it. I didn't even know anything You had just this. as much to do with it as the rest of them. I knew nothing about it. I'm sure you didn't. I'm sure you didn't. That really sucks, you know. You all go back to the hotel and have a big laugh, right? A few beers, you know. Just remember someday, Hunter, what goes around comes around. Yeah, well, you don't have anything to say. And then you, you actually see Brett in the locker room after, like, Shawn Michaels is in the locker room and he looks yeah. over and he's like, were you in on that, Shawn? Were you Shawn, in on this? Shawn Michaels is like, I had nothing to do with it. I swear to God, my hands are clean of this one. Yeah. Just like, I don't know. Did you think he was being sincere? Did it sound no, kind of phony? It, he sounded like he sounded like he was over was. defending himself. Yeah. He was like, no, uh, uh, you know, when somebody says no too many times, mm-hmm. that's what it was. Me thinks you do, pr- you do protest too much. Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Um, and then after that, <laughs> Vince and Brett have their meeting, and we find out that their meeting consisted of Brett, violence. Brett <laughs> knocking him out, legit with one, <laughs> which punch. I thought was sick as fuck. What happened? Oh, Vince uh, ran into my hand, but. I- Drilled them. That's hard as I could. 
knocked him right out. You knocked those bits with them with a punch? And I told him to get out. And he goes about it so, like, fucking cool guy, too. He's just like, yeah, like, yeah. It's Brett. Vince uh, happened to run into my hand. <laughs> and <laughs> and he's I like, uh, knocked and then, him out. And then, like, people are quiet, like, uh, what does he mean by that? And he's like, I knocked him out. I hit yeah. him. I drilled him about as hard as I could. Yep, just like that. You know, like, it's a good feeling, you know. Yeah, and then they just show Vince, like, limping out, looking pissed. Yeah. Just looking pissed. Like, he was limping, too. He was you like, can, You can, like, like, hear the camera guy saying, don't let him see the camera. Yeah. <laughs> like, you could see that he had just woken up from a knockout, you know, mm. if you knew prior to. He looked dazed, for sure. He mm. wasn't happy. Followed out by his little lackeys. God, and I felt bad for Brett's, Brett, Brett's son. If you, yeah, did that you was notice? another thing, they, uh. Because like, he had so many friends there. Mm-hmm. They like were they had grown up with this crew. Yeah, and, and you even they even have a scene where Shawn Michaels is playing with his kid. Yep, they're like roughhouse in the ring. In the ring, yeah. Like, and then like there's, there's another scenes of all of the wrestlers. He tells the kid to go bother the headbangers at one point, and then later on in the movie, you see the headbangers tossing him to each other like he's a football <laughs> yeah like a workout it's like a pre-ring <laughs> workout with this kid yeah you know? every time he's talking to vince he's just like all right go we need to just talk go, go to bother, the headbangers go bother the headbangers or something <laughs> yeah Canadians, but man. it was like i love that accent i love the canadian accent mm-hmm. if i if we could move to canada oh, I, would I would move to canada tomorrow i would too i wish we could i wish there was a way I wish you were Canadian, so or vice versa, so that we could both live in Canada easily. We could be ninety-day fiancés. What? <laughs> and we'd be a happy, a happy ending, unlike yeah, all unlike the other most ones. of them. Yes. If you guys didn't know, me and Kimba have been watching lots of TLC shows, specifically ninety-day fiancé. Yeah. Um. TLC Go. We have it on our Roku. Uh, we do. We look watch, it up. <laughs> watch an episode a night. But well, that's the movie, Kim. But um, I want to ask you just because me and my brother have been kind of talking about this because we've both been watching. Do you have any more notes? Did you want to talk about? Nah, I'm just I'm ready for this. Are you what? ready? Okay. <laughs> um, my brother has the theory that the entire Montreal screw job was a complete work, like they planned it, like they, they were working planned this. it. That's his theory. That's what he thinks. I disagree. And do you know his point of views? He thinks that it just it's too perfect, like it's too perfect of a story and the fact that they were filming the documentary the documentary a year in advance of it and like while it was happening, mm-hmm. they just so happened to be filming a documentary about it. He thinks that's a little fishy. Um but yeah, mainly just that that is just like a not yeah, a coincidence like, that yeah, happened like maybe all at Brett once. wanted to retire, but he wanted to retire in a way that would help Vince out. Which the Montreal Screwjob, arguably, it's good TV. Yeah, you it's know, a good documentary. It's, it's I real, guess. and it's good for the wrestling product too. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure while that was happening, people were like, "Oh, this is insane," and probably to, like going over to WCW just to see like kind of some of the fallout on that end too. Because mm-hmm. I would, if I was a wrestling fan, I'd be like, "Oh shit, let's see it from the other." side of the yard you know right yeah but it it i can see his points but uh 
I think it's, I think we might do this episode, me and him. We might do another one of Wrestling with Shadows just to like, I mean, like, just uh... to like debate because I might take the side of it not being a work. He might take the side of it being a work and just to see. I just, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my brain around his point of view of it being more, you know. Next time he comes up, talk to him about it. Oh my gosh. Yes. We because are. Because he, I, I can't remember everything he said today, but, or, or listen to the episode when it comes out, because we might do that yeah. later. Not, not anytime soon, but maybe next year. I mean, it's, you know, documentaries are really good. And back in the 90s, I don't think they really thought about that kind of a work in movie production yeah because this was like an a and e production yeah this was a show like just like a a special that was on a and e i'm pretty sure um i don't think it was a an actual documentary made for theaters type of thing it was definitely made for tv type of thing i think but uh you never know you know vince might have commissioned it he might (gasps) have excuse me been in on it it's hard to say it's debatable you can, you can sit in on that episode if you like. I really want to be like a guest. You can be a, a we guest. Can, we can have three people on an episode. We'll right. figure it out. Well, I'll be the Kimbo f- Tron featured. The, the, the featured Kimbotron. Yep. <laughs> Dude, I'm backwards. You'll you'll find this out of me. <laughs> it's been a long day. You you just got off a long day at work. I guess so. I'm also, you know, to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I love you. I love you too. Thanks for being on the show, Kimba. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Good. I love it every time. Good. You're always welcome. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There it is. Wrestling with Shadows. Um, I definitely recommend going and watching this movie. It's on YouTube. So uh, check it out. It's really interesting. And... Uh, like like I was saying in the episode, we'll, we'll probably do another one with uh with my brother because he thinks that it's a work, and I'm not sure what to think. Um, so yeah, watch it and let me know what you think. Uh, I want to thank Kimberly to my wife for being on the show. I want to thank Go Habiki for the theme music. It's called "I'm Growing Horns," and it's off their new album "At Home in the Dark World." Check that out on their Bandcamp. I want to thank all of you for listening. I want to thank the Not Safe for Network. And I want to thank this chill-ass baby that's just been chilling on my lap while I've been recording these intros and outros. Not not messing shit up, which is cool. She's being she's being a good baby right now, so give it up for uh, Athena, too. The, the good baby. Do you want to say something? She just uh, decided to put the mic in her mouth, so... For uh, me and Athena, thanks for listening. Bye.
Thank you for listening to the Not Safer Network. Check out one of our many other shows, Charles Orr Horror Show, Geek Lantern's Light, Movies with Wrestlers, Real Roulette, The Alien Movie Project, Montucky Skies, and We Had a Good Life.